And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. Boy, we have been like crazy busy lately. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Oh, yeah. In fact, Rebecca's sick. Yeah, sorry. So I'm trying to struggle through this today. I'm just kind of tatered. Tatered. Yeah. I like that. Well, it, it's descriptive. That kind of <laughs> really nails is. it. Right? Like, so coming up on the podcast, we're going to talk to Kristen Donegan from the Easy Teaching Tools website about this unexplained torn t-shirt situation of hers. Yeah, that definitely not moths that no, got into that shirt. No, there's no those way. are full on like claw marks it looks like. You put on your tank top, yeah. you lay down, and then you wake up and it looks like that. Right. It's not like you're pulling it out of no. your closet and it looks like that. Ooh. So we're going to talk to her. We're also going to talk to Steve Shippy. He's the host of the new Travel Channel show Haunted in the Heartland. Ooh. And it airs on the Travel Channel on Friday night. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, give it a view. Yeah. Just watch it. <laughs> God, see? I told you. Totally tatered. Tell them about the website. Okay, so you need to get on hauntedaf.com right now because we got merchandise there. You can get our t-shirts. We have two different looks now. I was thinking we need to do an updated tank top. Oh, okay. At hauntedaf.com. So that's something I'm going to start working on this week. Because we need to have a haunted AF tank top size like quadruple extra large made for Chris Jericho. Oh my gosh. Which we have an update on that, by the way. We have it here. I have a little bit of audio for this. So, uh, Talk is Jericho now becoming world-renowned for my paranormal shows. Everybody enjoys them, including me. So I'm always looking for uh, different guests. And I somehow, over the internet, discovered Haunted AF Podcast yes! with uh, Julie and Rebecca. See? I it love actually it. It happened. That's what you get when you call him out in I the know. last episode. And he actually, at one point, while we're on the podcast yes. with him, he's like, wait a minute. I'm uh-huh. looking at your episodes, and I see your last one is called Ghosted by Chris Jericho. Right. Because we thought he legit ghosted us. Yeah, but it totally worked. It worked out. It paid off. So we don't know yet when he's going to air that, but we'll just let everybody yeah. know. As soon as we get some sort of an update from him, which we're waiting on right now, yes. then we'll let you know. And we'll post it at hauntedaf.com. Of course. Oh my God, we're going to be so obnoxious I, with We that. already have been. We have, it's I know. Like our, it's been a week of obnoxiousness. Uh, and yeah. I'm cool with it. I'm totally fine. I don't care. Chris Jericho's our best friend. He sent us a selfie. <gasps> That's the yes, cutest thing did. in the world. I think we've got Steve Shippey on the phone. Oh, from- the Haunted in the Heartland. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi, is this Steve Shippey? Yeah, it sure is. So how excited are you about this new show on the Travel Channel? I'm very excited. We had a great time, met some amazing people. At the same time, we had some very hair-raising experiences and moments that will definitely stick with me. Understandably, I watched the first episode last night. There was some really chilling stuff. And one of the things that fascinates me the most about these ghost stories in Haunted in the Heartland is that you're digging into the history to find out what exactly could be causing it. 
Tell us a little bit about that first episode. Is that in Iva? It used to be. Uh, it was once a town known as Iva, Michigan, uh, which became a ghost town. It no longer exists. And now it's in the community of Merrill, Michigan. Basically, the story there, of course, you know, I don't want to give away too much. But what's really interesting about this particular episode and even the series itself with Haunting in the Heartland is not only are we obviously out to seek locations that are haunted, but we're looking for community-based hauntings where the whole town is claiming to experience things. Merrill is exactly that. A population of just barely over 700 people, but yet there are dozens of hauntings taking place on just a few miles stretch of road. Of course, we're thinking at that point, could these be connected? Uh, We start to do the research, we interview everybody that we can, and we see very similar hallmarks to the activity in all these different homes and property. And you visited specifically these two families that are on the same road, like four or five miles apart. And I have to tell you, when you went to the Pomeranian farms, I was almost disappointed because I really thought it was going to be a farm for Pomeranians. I thought there was going to be like little dogs running all over the place. But the brothers, (laughs) the brothers in that part, like you could tell there was one brother who was extremely affected. And then you also have a little girl who's being taunted and she had scratches. This is something we've talked about on the podcast multiple times. And it's so weird because when we have had people send in photos of these ghost scratches, they look so similar. They're almost like burns. They're always around the same place and they always come in that collection of three. Have you noticed that? Yeah, 100%. I've definitely noticed that throughout my career. There, I, I would say around 85 to 90% of the scratches that we see are very similar. So have you kept in touch with the family? Like, are they still experiencing weird stuff? I've definitely kept in touch uh, with that family and they're still having some aftershock of activity at their house. But luckily, no one is being scratched. No one is being physically harmed. That's a great thing. So you said part of the reason that you were pulled into studying the paranormal is because of experiences you had when you were young. Well, my childhood home was a was a very haunted location. We experienced the gamut of activity there from anomalous forest objects moving on their own, things coming up missing and turning up in very bizarre places or sometimes not at all. You know, we would see shadowy figures in the house, knocks, pounding on the wall, and ultimately physical attacks, scratching, pushing, malevolence of that nature. Are you still looking for places and communities to investigate? Yeah, absolutely. We're continuing to look and take submissions and really trying to find the right cases specifically for haunting in the heartland. How would people reach out to you? Well, they can do that through social media. They can find me, you know, Steve Shippey. Uh, They can go to the Travel Channel website and go to the Haunting in the Heartland page and send contact information. Can you give us one other little taste of something truly terrifying that has happened? I mean, all of the cases that we did, we caught some remarkable evidence, but a couple really stand out. And one of those would be in, in Melbourne, Iowa. We had a case where, again, not to you know go too much into it and spoil anything for anybody out there, but sure. there was a case where there was something we truly believed to be an inhuman and or demonic haunting really oppressing one of the family members to the point where his family was deeply concerned for his safety. And we had to actually bring out a demonologist to perform a minor rite of exorcism on this individual. Do you ever worry about things attaching to you? How do you protect yourself? Well, you know, it's always a concern. I mean, there are ways that you can try to protect yourself. There's the cleansing. Some people use crystals, sage, uh, religious icons, things of that nature. We definitely do some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's about your mind state. Well, we're really jealous. We wish we could go with you, honestly. <laughs> you well, gotta, come on, let's go. We might be a little more chicken. I think we like hearing the stories with a cocktail in hand, but we're thankful to have brave people like you who are going to go into the house and have conversations with whatever is in there. Yeah, and we're thankful to have people like you that help spread the word and let you know your listeners know that if you are experiencing 
experiencing this, you're not alone. It does happen. And then there are ways to receive help. And that's very important. So thank you for what you're doing. So we got two emailed stories from Hillary. Why don't you read the first one? I love these. All right. Hillary says, okay, so my grandmother, whom I was really close to, died in August of 2018. She and I always had a kind of psychic connection, which we acknowledged to each other, even though my grandmother was born in an era where no one talked about that kind of thing. Anyway, her street address when I was growing up was 453. After she died, I saw that number everywhere. License plates, times on the clock, phone numbers with 453 in them. You get the idea. Well, about a month ago, I was asleep and my phone buzzed with a notification. I looked to see who was texting me in the middle of the night and guess what time it was? 4.53 a.m., of course. Uh, There was a message from a nonsense group of numbers, but not an actual phone number. When I opened the text, it was just empty with nothing in it. I'd like to think this was my grandmother saying hello. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and then Hillary had a part two. She said, a few weeks later, I was at my mom's new apartment. We were sitting in her living room talking about her old friend from college named Kay, who was also my godmother. They hadn't spoken in a few years, so we Googled her and found out that Kay had sadly passed away. Mom and I sat and talked about her for a while, and as we were doing so, I heard a sound by the front door. Mom and I both turned to look just as the door swung open. I walked over to the hallway, and there wasn't a person in sight. Now, this is an interior hallway, so there's no wind or even a draft out there. So anyway, we think maybe Kay heard us reminiscing about her and was making her presence known. By the way, I love the podcast so much. It's the highlight of my week. Oh, thank you. I love those stories. I I always think when something like that happens, we're tempted to kind of blow it off and like, oh, I'm just kind of making something out of nothing. Right. But what if someone really was trying to kind of reach out to us? Like how pissed off would they be that we're blowing it off continuously? Right? Like they keep putting little trinkets around for us to find. Hmm, That sounds familiar, Julie. My cat just died and I was like freaking out because I found a cat toy very randomly. And it's one that the other cat doesn't normally play with. Well, yeah, but the other cat's kind of an (laughs) asshole. He'll play with anything. So I I really have no idea. But I honestly, as soon as I saw the cat toy, I got really emotional and freaked out about it. I think it was him. He was trying to say hello to you. So don't ignore it. Little JB. We should probably go ahead and acknowledge that because he was our little buddy. He'd sit back here when we were taping and he got, he had advanced cancer and we had no idea. He was just hiding it from us. So because of that, we're going to take a few weeks off from the dead pet of the week. Rightfully so. Because it's just too much of a bummer. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so I think we have Kristen on the phone. Hello. Hello, is this Kristen? This is. Hi, it's Julie and Rebecca from Haunted AF. Hey, how are you guys? So Kristen runs a website called easyteachingtools.com for teachers. And you also have a very popular Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And you post all kinds of great teaching ideas. But recently you posted something strange that's been going on with you. And that's how all of our listeners were like, oh, you need to yeah. talk to Kristen. So tell us about this t-shirt situation. I actually was just purging clothes and I found my tank top from college. And I was like, I should share about this with everyone because it's so wild. Back in college, I was living in a little beach town in in San Diego and all these weird things kept happening one weekend our neighbors down below told us they're like why were you guys up so late last night because we had a sliding door and they said you kept opening and closing it like all night long Ooh. which wasn't happening at all but I didn't think much of it I'm like uh. but then later on that weekend uh, we were all hanging out in our living room and there was this big glass jar we bought from Ikea and it's where we kept all our change for laundry and then all of a 
sudden, we just heard this like loud explosion and ran into the kitchen and the jar exploded. It was still like sitting up on the countertop and the shards of glass were everywhere. So we're like, how did that happen? That's when I started being like, hmm, something's not quite right. And then later that day, my boyfriend at the time and one of my friends, they left the house, went to go skateboard around the bay. I stayed home because I was sick. Um, I hopped into bed, was going to take a nap. At the time when everyone would wear like those brass plum tank tops, I had one of those on, took a nap. And then I remember I woke up because I felt this draft and I look down and like my lady parts are hanging out of the tank top. What? Yeah. And I was like, no one's home. This is really weird. The door's locked. And I look down and there are all these little holes, like some are bigger than others, cut all through the side of my tank top. And I started to panic at that moment because I'm like, who's in my house? And then I'm like, there has to be a reason for this. So I'm like searching the bed for like the pieces of fabric that were cut out and nothing was there. No markings like on your rib cage? No, there was nothing on me just on the tank top. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. I was like, we, I think we may need to move out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Something's not right. <laughs> well, did anything else happen after that? No, nothing else crazy quite like that happened. But ever since, I'm like, I'm going to hang on to this tank top because no one will believe me if I just tell them the story. It's so wild. Well, yeah, because we, I mean, we tell ghost stories every week. And this is the first time we've heard about a piece of clothing right. being altered and like nothing. No marks. Right. That's was Really? In, was anybody else in the apartment targeted? I don't think so. Um, my boyfriend at the time, no, he never mentioned anything like that. Funny thing, though, now that you're saying that, I'm like, it could have been someone trying to give me a message. Really? <laughs> Ooh. Time, yeah, because now that I, I think of it, my friend at the time, they were out skateboarding because they were hooking up and I didn't know it at the time. Oh, man. Warning right? you to get out of that relationship. He was bad I news. Did, yeah. I think that's yeah. it. to be it. Well, Kristen, <laughs> you're going to have to keep us posted if anything else happens. And thank you so much for sharing that story. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, you are so welcome. Thanks for reaching out. All right. And we've got to give a shout out and a thanks to Ben Faulkner for sending us this story titled Bigfoot Raids Grow Shed. I, Bruce Faulkner always has the best stuff. Yeah. I love his stuff. So this comes from phantomsandmonsters.com and it says BR is a licensed medical marijuana grower in Minnesota in a forested area near Kettle River. In order to avoid theft of his plants, BR built a secure <laughs> growing shed out of reinforced cement blocks with vertical steel girders along the inside wall. He also had a heavy steel vault door fitted with a large tempered lock. Yeah, you really don't want people getting into your Mm -hmm. weeds. Um, (laughs) BR kept anywhere from 15 to 20 plants at a time that had been growing without incident for a little over a year. However, there's always a however, Mm -hmm. BR recently found that the steel vault door had been tampered with. There were scratches all around the outside face and the jam had been slightly bent away from the cement blocks. He figured someone had tried to force their way in, but none of the plants were stolen. So BR fixed the door with additional reinforcements. Things were fine for about three weeks, but then there was another break-in. This time, a large hole was created through the cement wall and one of the steel girders had been pushed out of its mooring in the concrete floor. A few of the plants were missing, so BR decided to camp out close to the shed to figure out what was going on. A few nights later, he claims he actually saw an eight to nine foot tall creature push its way into the shed again and grab about six of the plants. <laughs> so we got a Bigfoot that just wants to get high. He just wants to get high. That is amazing. So he, <laughs> he said he actually made eye contact with it and it ate leaves off of one of the stems and then walked away. <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, like, come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> 
Apparently, this is not the first time this has happened. Growers in the Pacific Northwest have claimed to have Bigfoot raids before and think that they like the plant for pain relief. Oh, Oh, poor Bigfoot. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to post that and anything else we can find about Bigfoot stealing weed at hauntedaf.com. I'm going to do some full-blown research on Uh, this. I'm going to help you with that. Uh, Yeah. That sounds like a fun project. uh, We're all over this because how great would it be to get high with Bigfoot? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It would be the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) There's like no need to even talk at that point. You're just sitting in a circle with smoke and like hanging with Bigfoot. Then again, like munchies, he might be just like grabbing rabbits or something. Like, no, I'll I'll eat some Rice Krispies. Okay, I think we've got Ryan on the phone. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hi, Ryan. It's Julia Rebecca from Haunted AF. How are you? Good. How are you uh, lovely ladies doing today? We're doing great. I have a lot of questions though about your (laughs) podcast. It says, so your podcast is the Rocky series and it says in 2016, two brothers were sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. Mm -hmm. They escaped from a maximum security stockade to Victoria, BC underground. Is this true? No, it's not true. This is the gay team. Are you serious? (laughs) Is that the beginning of the gay team? (laughs) 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 I'm such a dumbass. I totally I thought this was for she real. She thought you were actually in prison and escaped. Right. Oh, wow. I seriously was thinking like, oh my gosh, these guys are hardcore. I've got his phone number like, now. I want to hear how he escaped from prison. Oh. Are the police going to call me now? <laughs> well, I'm actually in the Quebec province right now. I'm in the military and I'm currently an instructor at the boot camp. You could say I, I yelled the recruit. Oh, so fun. That's me. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Okay. Well, I actually have two. We do the Rocky Series podcast, which speaks for itself. It's a podcast dedicated to the Rocky franchise. Uh, and then we do another one called The Worst of the Best. That's where we take the top 10 list from music, food, doesn't matter what it is. And we pick what we think is the worst of that best. <laughs> so we don't, we yeah. It's kind of like the world's tallest leprechaun kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan reached out because you had one or two ghost stories I think you wanted to share. Okay. Well, I first want to say that I'm a fan of your guys' show. Okay. So I did reach out to you because you added me on Twitter, you know, podcast community. And and I saw your subject. I'm like, oh, interesting. And I binged on it. I'm halfway through season two. But I stopped listening to it about a few hours before bedtime. (laughs) Does it give you nightmares? Well, no, it doesn't give me nightmares, but Uh it's just. Well, how should I say this? I hate the term triggering. I don't like that term, but it, it elicits emotions in you from like your past. Because I hear other people's accounts and it's almost disheartening that other people have had what I've had. And then you're like, oh, this isn't just my head playing with me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, no, totally. That's funny because usually people say like, you know, it's a relief. It's a relief to know that yeah. I, I'm not the only one this happens to. Yes. I imagine it could be triggering. Sorry for the word, right? but it can bring back some of those yeah, uh, memories. Late at night, you replay those moments over and over in your head. Yeah. Too. I do the same thing, honestly. Yeah. It's, Especially some of the stories will really kind of get to me. So now you got to tell us what happened. The first one happened when I was during my first marriage. We're living in the military housing at the time. And the military housing, for those who know Canada at all, is in Squamalt, the Navy. And actually, it's on the grounds of Royal Roads University. For people that can Google this, it is a haunted area. Like, it's actually a ghost tour area. There's Craig Derrick Castle, which is there. That's where they filmed the X-Men mansion. That's where that is. Oh, cool. So there's military housing on that property. And it's old. It has a lot of history. And if you do believe in ghosts, which many of those probably do, that area has a lot of history and, of course, a lot of deaths or a lot of ghosts. But when I lived there, I didn't think anything of the housing being affected. I knew the castle has some hauntings. Mm-hmm. So here's the story. So we're living in this personal military quarters. The standalone house at the time was already 60 years old. And I was downstairs in the basement on the computer. And my son came downstairs saying, Daddy, Daddy, the frying pan is 
spinning. What? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was five or six at the time, so I thought it was just as active as imagination. And I had put a frying pan on the stove just to, you know, get it warmed up for the meal. And I was down for like two or three minutes. And I came back, I did see that the candle was in a different position than it was, but it wasn't spinning. Okay. Time went by, and my wife at the time was at work, the kids were at school, and I was, again, on the computer playing video games. And I heard a thump, 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 thump up and down the stairs. And so I'm like, what are the kids doing home? Like, they're supposed to be at school. So I ran up the stairs and said, hey, boys, what are you doing home? And like, there's no one here. What? Oh, and I'm like, okay, that's odd. And again, like your listeners, I'm a guy. I'm reasonable. Just, <laughs> of you know, course, I'm we thinking, say this about all of yeah, you. Yeah. That's right. I have to fuel that fire. But this footstep thing, it became persistent to the point they started to get irritated. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, okay, I'm not scared anymore. Now I know it's not my cat. It sounds like kids running up and down the stairs. And so I would run up the stairs and say, can you just stop? Or I'd say, where are you? Who are you? What are you doing? And I would never get a response. But then, fast forward a little bit more, uh, I was lying in bed and it was at night. And just before you about to fall asleep, it's just that kind of moment, you know, where everything's quiet. Yeah. I heard, mm-hmm. Ryan. I heard, no. Ryan. Just like that. And that, my friends, scared the living crap out of me. And to this yeah. day, I go to sleep with a white noise machine. Yeah. So that you can block out the voices. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. That, I'm legit yeah. scared. So what did the voice that did it sound like? Young or old or just a whisper? Male, female? Yeah, it sounded more female-ish. And it wasn't from beside my head. It was like at the foot of the bed. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Did anything else ever happen in that house? Yeah. My kids were terrified of their bedroom and I felt terrible. And I think that some of your parents have said this before where they've had kids in a room that feel haunted. Yeah. And they were young at the time, but our space was limited. There was nowhere for me to put them. And always, you know, your room's fine. Your room's fine. But their door would always be whatever position I put their door in at night. When I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night, it'd be in a different position. Oh so if I closed it, it would be open. I remember feeling guilty as a parent. Like, I think their room's legit haunted. They have said that they don't like their room. They never said what they saw, but they just were terrified of the room all the time. Anybody knows in their house, especially an older home, what the creepy rooms are. Right. And if your kid happens to be sleeping in the creepy You're room. Like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, you it's have to fine. tell them it's fine because we've got a creepy room in this house. Yeah. And there's not a parent sleeping in it. I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> It's not on purpose. It's that's just, right. It's just, that's the way it goes. That's you own the house, you get to pick your room. Yeah. <laughs> you had a second story? Yeah, and this one was when I was a teenager. And now keep in mind, the story I'm going to share now chronologically happened first in my life. But this one... This one was really scary for me because it happened at a time when there was no internet. This was 1990, mm-hmm. and I was about 15 years old, and it was a summer night. I'm on the second floor of our house, and the curtains were open. The windows opened, let some air in. So I was just lying in bed, checked the clock to see what time it was on the desk, and behind the desk was the window to outside, again, two stories up. Well, I looked in the window, as people just sometimes do. You know, I looked at the window, and there was a figure standing in the window. Nope. And the figure was what you would call today shadow figure, a shadow <gasps> Goodness Ryan. gracious alive. Oh. We hate the shadow figures. Oh, scares the crap out of me. Oh. Oh. Skip forward to today's time with the internet. So I thought, I'm going to search for shadow figures and windows. And when I saw other people have stories of it, it actually terrified me. It's like, oh, that wasn't my imagination. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They hadn't thought much of it until like the internet era. And I'm like, oh, that was truly what I saw. So I remember seeing it there in my window and I was so overcome with, I don't know if dread's the right word, but I was just like, this can't be right or real. This can't be what I'm seeing. This figure, oh, what it looked like. It looked like a cliche, a cloak figure, no face, kind of hunched shoulders. And you could tell that it was just looking at me, but it wasn't expecting me to see him or her or it. 
Oh my God, my stomach and then I'm just like, turned. I know. Oh God. So I went back to sleep, but I don't remember saying I'm going to go back to sleep. So I think I might have fainted. Really? Because I don't know why I would have been comfortable enough to sleep. Honestly, we've had a couple of different stories yes. where someone's in the middle mm-hmm. of something, a pretty serious encounter, and they go back to sleep. Yeah. I know that happened with Ron. Mm-hmm. And then, is it Mary? Yeah. When she saw the Mary Poppins yes. figure floating over her baby, mm-hmm. she went straight back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was like a deep sleep. Right. I wonder if there's something to that. Ah, like, there's got to be. It's like the men in black pants. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> So what, mm. what happened after that, Ryan? So I didn't tell the story to anyone. Cause I talked it up to active imagination. I had nightmares as a kid. My brother, so he's two years older than me, and we were out walking with his girlfriend. It was nighttime, and we're set at this golf course. And we're telling stories to scare each other. So I thought, you know what? I'll pull this story out of my hat to scare him. And so I told the story to my brother and his girlfriend, and my brother's like, are you joking? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, are you serious right now? I'm like, well, yeah, this is the story. He oh, goes, my gosh. He goes, I saw the same thing. <gasps> and it, it wasn't like he was trying to get me scared to confirm right. my story. And he saw the same figure, different room, same storied floor, two stories up. Oh, up my goodness yeah. gracious. That is freaky as hell. Oh, my gosh. So it was in the same house? Was it around the same time? It was like two months apart. Wow. I love it when another family member confirms. I know. I love it. It's I love it, but it's also scary ugh. as hell. How much longer did you live in that house? Sure. We're in a new house uh, a year or two later. It's one of those things that's weird. Like, we didn't talk about it again. <laughs> I don't think we ever talked about it again to each other for that night. There is a shadow person thread on Reddit. Don't go down Don't that. go there. No. Oh, man. It's bad. You scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Seriously. I feel like the shadow people are up to no good. It's terrible how much it affects you. Yeah. yeah. No, I guarantee you all of your windows are shut all the time. Oh, they? yeah. I, mine are going to be yeah. now, too. Right? Yeah. I don't want no shadow person coming up in here. Ryan, when I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom, <laughs> this story is the one that's going to be with me. So, thanks for that. <laughs> oh, you're Welcome. Yeah, you've officially haunted us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was a bravo. Yes. Doesn't happen very often. Well, I'm glad I could do that. I'm, and thank you so much for letting me share that on, on your show. I do love your show. I really do. I'm not just saying that. It's a fun show. Thank, thank you, you so much. And keep in touch, man. Yeah, and good luck with your podcast, too. We'll check back in in a couple of months to get some more stories from you. All right. Thank you so much. Tune in next week when we'll hopefully have more details about Haunted AF on the Talk is Jericho podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited Wait. about it. And we'll talk to the people behind Will Ford. Forte's new movie, Extraordinary, which is this paranormal spoof that is freaking hilarious. It is adorable. I loved everything about it. And it's funny because Will Forte's great in it. Yes. But our favorites ended up being like the stars. Yeah. Uh, that's all coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we gotta thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.